Hey, this is Matt McClure here, one of the lead pastors here at TakeOver Church. Thank you so much for checking out this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. And just a reminder, we have got services every single Sunday at 5 p.m. And we would love to have a chance to meet you, to hear your story, and to welcome you home. Thanks again for listening today. Hope this message blesses you. Well, how's everybody doing? We're good. Fantastic. All right. There we go. Well... I know, I know. That was a fun way to start in service. But hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Matt McClure. Obviously, heard from my lovely wife, Adrienne, earlier, who's amazing. But we are the lead pastors. That's right, together, the co-lead pastors of this here Takeover Church. And so it is good to have you guys with us tonight. If it's your first time, make sure you fill out a Connect card on or around your seat. It will say, Welcome Home on one side, Connect on the other. You can't miss it. But we don't want you to fall through the cracks. So turn that in at the Info Center after service. But are you all ready to get to the Word tonight? Are we a church that can get excited about the Bible tonight? Fantastic. Well, hey, we're in a series right now called Empires. Who was here week one last week? Empires? If you weren't, make sure you check out the podcast. We believe it will change your life. Man, I was so humbled by all of the messages and text messages and DMs that we were getting about that message that it was just eye-opening. We had boys crew and babe crew this week. That's our men's ministry and our women's ministry. And man, just the testimonies that already came in just because it was on Wednesday, the three days later from that message was incredible. The freedom, the liberation that was felt. So I really hope, it's a tall order, but I really hope to keep the train going tonight. Does that sound good? Yeah. Fantastic. So we're in a series called Empires. Somebody say Empires. Empires. Somebody say Empires. I don't know why I said it that way, just empires, it's weird. Anyways, uh, we're in a series called Empires, which for us, we were we just came out of a series uh, before that was called Outside These Walls, and I kind of felt like where we were going as a church, and around the holiday season, and all these things that we were going on into, where people were lonely, where it was a little bit darker out, and people were moody, and there's just things that, man, the devil really likes to take advantage of, us being human. Anybody ever been there? The devil loves taking advantage of y'all being human? <laughs> been there, and it's just the perfect time of the year to get on to people who are lonely, whether they have people in their lives or they don't, or whether they're in uh, a bunch of people around them and they have all the fun and the Christmas and the festivities going on, they can still feel incredibly lonely in a room full of people. And so we were just looking at the season that we were walking into as church and man, God really planted this idea called empires on my heart where, man, some of us are out here where we don't have a, the devil doesn't just have a foothold in our lives. We established this last week that a foothold, which I guess some people didn't know, which is kind of funny to me, but a foothold is when you're trying to shut the door but somebody puts their foot in it. Has that ever happened to anybody? That's called a foothold. Some people who rock climb, Dan's back there going like, yeah, I know about that from rock climbing. It's a different thing, Dan. It's okay. But we talk about a foothold. The devil, some of us, doesn't, the devil doesn't just have a foothold in our lives, but we have left the foothold wide open. The doors came wide open and it grew from a foothold to a wide door to a highway in our lives to it being an empire in our lives. And some of us are living this life currently right now, proclaiming that we are Jesus followers, that we are citizens of heaven. But somehow we have found ourselves underneath the rule and reign of a different empire. Has that ever happened to somebody before? So last week we broke down what empire state of mind looked like. That was the title of a message last week where we really zoomed in on a few different things. But the main point last week we were coming around to the subject and the idea of mental illness. Which we... Complete, if you weren't with us last week, but you come from that place of that's been your battle, that's been your real, uh, your real life situation that you've gone through and come out of, and maybe you're still in it. We love you. We believe you. We don't think that you just have to have more faith or whatever. We understand this is an actual situation and season and thing that you are going through, so we stand with you, but we preached that message last week because we believe there's a way out for you through Jesus. We looked at the book of Luke, and we talked about how in any area of our lives, if we build it on what God says, we build it on his word, and we submit it to him, well, then we can build the house, so to speak, of our lives. We can build our mindset. We can build our marriage. We can build whatever it is that we're looking to build, our career, our influence. We can build all that on the solid rock that is Jesus. We can dig down deep on the solid rock that is Jesus, and we can withstand the storms, no matter come whatever may, with Jesus. But if we don't do it his way, we don't submit these areas of our lives to him. If we don't give him everything that we've got, everything that he demands, 
commands as Lord. This is the actual word says, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? So when we don't do that, we're like the man who builds his house on sand that the second the winds come or the waves come, man, how many of you know your Malibu beach home is gone because you built it on sand? Your career is gone because you built it on sand. Your life is gone because you built it on sand. Your marriage is gone because you built it on something other than the solid rock of Jesus. So I want to encourage you to check out that message, Empire State of Mind, from last week. Does that sound good? So then tonight, the title of my message is this. Where are my note takers at? Notes are important to get in heaven. We talked about it. Okay? Okay. <laughs> it's easy to take notes. Okay. Sorry, 12 of you are going to understand that reference. Pray for me. <laughs> the title of my message is this. The empire of being a victim. The air just left the room. The title of my message tonight is The Empire of Being a Victim. Would y'all just turn to your neighbor real quick and say, I am no victim? Even if you don't believe that yet, just turn and tell them, I am no victim. Would you turn and tell your other neighbor and proclaim over them tonight, even if they don't believe it, and tell them, you are no victim? The empire of being a victim. Y'all ready for some scripture tonight? We had a technical difficulty. It will not be up on the big Bible. We love the big Bible, but the big Bible decided to take a big break. And uh, you need to calm down, sir. But I'm going to read it to you anyways. I want you to follow along with me if you can find it. But we're coming out of John 16, 33 tonight. I'm coming out of the ESV, but write that down because it's not going to be on the big screen. John 16, 33. Y'all ready? Yeah. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. The great theologian Joseph Mark Budden once said, stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You might know him as the urban street psalmist Joe Budden. John 16, says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In who? Me, me being who? That in me, Jesus, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I know that's a bit of familiar scripture to us tonight. We've probably preached on it before in the nine months of church. Man, we just had our Facebook let us know that a year ago to this date, we were having our first worship night leading up to church. Can you make some noise for that? Man. God has done so much in such a short amount of time. And it is incredible. It is a uh, privilege. It is an honor to build this church alongside him. And we've preached off this scripture before, but in the subject of the empire of being a victim, I thought maybe we could take a little bit of a different look at this piece of scripture tonight and really see some people walk out of here tonight with some freedom and liberation. Does that sound good? Then I'm going to pray one more time just before we go any further. Man, this church prays a lot. Yes, we do. It's good for the soul. But we're going to pray and then we're going to get into it. Jesus, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you, God, for this moment, for this opportunity, Jesus, that we have set apart, God, to be found in your house tonight. There are a million things going on on a Sunday night at 5 p.m., Jesus. But tonight, we have set apart our lives to meet together in this community, God, in your presence, Jesus, and expect you to do something with it, God. We're not here just to play church or to placate our religious feelings, God, or we feel like we're going to go to hell if we didn't come to church Sunday night. No, 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 God. We are purposing this moment right here right now Jesus we give you total control in this moment we hand it over to you whatever you want to do whatever part of us you want to remove whatever you want to leave in this house God we make a room for that to happen right now Jesus Christ have your way in and through this place in Jesus mighty name of Faithville Church said amen. amen would you just turn to your neighbor one more time and tell them that you are no victim We're in a series called Empires. Last week was really heavy. Would anybody agree? Last week was pretty heavy. It was awesome. It was heavy. It was good. I'm nervous to preach this message. The church should always stand countercultural to the world. 
It really should. There should always be something the Word calls us set apart. We are called to be holy. It doesn't mean that we stand in opposition of the world because how many of you know, we got a message coming up about this, but I want to tell you right now, how many of you know the opposition isn't the competition because the victory, the battle is already won. Amen? Amen. So we don't stand in opposition to the world, but we should have something better to offer them because we come from the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, came, died, rose again, kicked the devil in the teeth to win you and I back so that this world would have an answer to the things that plague them, that hurts them, that takes them further from God, that breaks them down, leaves them fractured and broken. You and I are called to go out and bring the answers to the world. His name is Jesus. Do you believe that tonight? So it's a hard message to preach because we live in a day and an age and a society right now where, man, being a victim, it's all the rage. It's vogue. It's hot. It's sexy right now being a victim. It is. You look around and the culture of this world tells you that every single thing somebody else does was completely there to harm you, to hurt you, to make you feel some type of way, to bring you down, to cut you down at the knees and make you feel terrible about yourself. That everything in this world is designed to bring you down. That's what our culture says. That you can stay mad, that you can be mad, that you can just be upset about what everybody else is doing. Turn on TV, yeah, I'm mad. He's doing that, he's saying that just to get at me. I guarantee Donald Trump doesn't even know your name. Yeah, it's kind of silly, right? But it's true. We live in a day and an age where we really think, man, that person cut me off in traffic because they saw my takeover church sticker and they just don't like church. Jesus about to take them over. Skirt, skirt, pull over. <laughs> Someone's like, what's a skirt, skirt? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> skirt, skirt. <laughs> Things are your tires make a noise. I have no idea. We didn't get that promotion at work. We were passed over. It can't have anything to do with us. Absolutely not. It has to, it's not that I'm underqualified or haven't been there uh, in enough time or it wasn't because I didn't control my mouth at one time at the water cooler or at the, at the vending machine or whatever it may be. It's not because I said something I shouldn't have stepped out of line. No, no, no. It's because the man and the system and my boss, she's got it out for me. I have zero to do with this. None of this is my responsibility. I'm a victim. It's the world we live in. And so when I preach a message and I come at it from this angle, we're going to get to that in a second. Man, it's hard to swallow because I don't know if you're in here tonight and maybe you actually have been an actual victim. Because we're going to talk about that too. Because our society has already made an empire out of being a victim. And now the church has Christians in it who have made empires. We are supposed to be citizens of the kingdom of God. We are supposed to be the freest people on this planet. Even though we might have things in our lives that don't look like we're free, our soul is free, we are called free, God sees us free, we are called to operate free and strive to have that freedom be in our lives, be attainable in our lives. And yet for a lot of us, we are the most chained up human beings on this planet. Because you see, the world, they don't know if they were ever supposed to be free. They don't understand that there's more out there available to them. They don't see anything wrong with how they're living and what they're doing and the chains that bind them. They see their weeks being the same way. Wake up, go to work, have a bad marriage, get drunk, leave her, get with her, go to him, yada, yada, repeat. They live in bondage. They live chained up. They got no idea that anything is different than that. Most people now outside of the church get into marriage already planning and knowing full well that this could ultimately end in divorce, but why not? We're in Las Vegas. The world operates and appears to be more free than you and I do. Free thinking, free falling, free whatever. 
but that's because they don't know that there's chains. But then there's you and I, and we understand that there are chains. We understand that there are footholds. We understand that there are empires that have taken up equity in our lot in the kingdom of God. And that, my friends, is not what Jesus Christ died for. It's not what he came for. It's not what he created you for. It says he knew you before the foundations of the earth. He didn't lay foundations on this earth and let alone intervene in history, change everything so that you and I could remain a slave to an emperor. Yeah. Matt, what does that have to do with being a victim? A lot. Because those are us who have actually been a victim. We've actually experienced being victimized. We've actually the ones who are walking this earth and we are in church and we are praying and we are believing for absolution and healing. But we're the ones that something was robbed from us, that was taken from us, that has affected us. Man, in this world today, there are people who are actual victims where something had happened that you didn't ask for, that you didn't plan for, but it came to your home and it robs you of your health, your mother of her health, your kid of his health. Some of us have been made victims at our own workplace. Some of us, heck, we've been victimized by institutions and even churches. If we're talking about it, we're talking about it. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, talk about it. We got to talk about it. The reason that Christians are living as victims today is because the church has decided that no, we ain't going to talk about it. We're going to let you have false mindsets, false identities, false realities. Because you know what, just that's that word victim, that word victimized, it's just, you know, some people have really been there and it's just, we don't want to talk about it. No, 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 we have to talk about it. There isn't a thing or a conversation under the sun that Jesus Christ didn't come to earth, defeat sin, hell, death, and the grave once again to not be in that conversation. There isn't one. He wants to be in every single conversation. And so there's those of us who have been actual victims. And then there's some of us who have been victims before and maybe it's that we we're at a younger age when it happened. Maybe it's because it was just huge and life-changing and earth-shattering and it, it totally destroyed us from the inside out. Whatever it is that happened to you, whatever abuse it may have been or wrongdoing or misfortune that might have come across you done by somebody else. It has now done this thing to us where it's fractured us and it's changed the way that we see the world, the way that we see people, the way that we see relationships, the way that we see sex, the way that we see things. It's been completely changed by something that happened to us and we live underneath this thing called having a victim mentality. Has anybody ever heard that phrase before? Yo, that dude just got a victim mentality. Something's always wrong. Something's always going after him. The devil's always going after him. This guy's got a victim mentality. We've heard that phrase, and I didn't want to get it wrong, so I actually copied and pasted. If you don't mind, I'm going to read it to you, the, what the dictionary actually calls victim mentality. Is that okay? Yeah. Can we go to the dictionary? It's not as good as the Word of God, but it's a good book still, right? <laughs> Some of you are like, Matt, I wish you would check out the dictionary more often. <laughs> I know. Last week, I was like, forcibly by force. Ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep it levy, levity because, uh, man, it's, it's heavy. The dictionary puts it this way. It says, victim mentality is an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to recognize themselves as a victim of the negative actions of others and to behave as if this were the case in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. Victim mentality depends on clear thought process, processes and attribution. In most cases, those with victim mentality have, in fact, been the victim of wrongdoing by others or have otherwise suffered misfortune through no fault of their own. However, such mis misfortune does not necessarily imply that one will respond by developing a pervasive and universal victim mentality where one frequently or consistently perceives oneself to be a victim. The term is also used in reference to the tendencies for recognizing one's misfortunes on somebody else's misdeeds, which is also referred to as victimism. Did I lose anybody else? Let me break it down for you. I know we're a church that lives by the new Matt Living Translation, so to speak. Every word is wrong and incorrect. It doesn't make any sense, Matt. It's good. 
but to break that down for you a little bit, it basically says this, that those who have experienced being victimized or being made a victim in some form or fashion, more often than not, will develop a victim mentality, which means that you see people's inactions or actions directly negatively affecting your life. Whether there's evidence there or not to actually back up what's going on. Some people might not actually have beef with you. It just happens to be that they're having a bad day and we should have grace for them, but we perceived it as they don't like me. They got something against me. Oh man, they just think I'm less than because I come from this part of the city or my parents didn't have that kind of money or they know because I drive a beater of a car. That I'm less than. Yeah, we're my people with the beater cars. You know what I'm saying? The struggle's real. I had a 95 Saturn for a long time. Five speed, stick shift broke. I had youth students in the car. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> you remember that, babe? Yeah, she does. <laughs> but that's a victim mentality. Is that when you and I, we experience hardships in this life, something happens to us, something is taken from us. Somebody does something in our lives that we did not ask for, wouldn't wish for, would never ask to have happen to us. Suddenly it's easy for us to begin to allow that pain, that suffering, that moment that we went through to fog up our eyes and, and fog up our judgment and begin to make us see things a bit more jaded. All of a sudden, my whole perception is altered because of one thing somebody else has done. Some of us in here tonight have been living with a victim mentality for the last six months because of what somebody did to you six months ago. Some of us have been living in the prison of our past because somebody did something to us 15 years ago and we still have night terrors because of it. We still wake up with sweat because of it. We still have insecurities in our relationship because of it. Some of us have gone into marriages. 25 years into marriage... And we are still living with the same victim mentality. At that point, do you know what I call that? The psychology world won't agree to it. But I call that like a victim spirit. The spirit of being a victim. It's gone from being a mindset for some of us because that mindset was the foothold. That foothold was the initial temptation to begin to see the world as skewed, as jaded, as different than what God calls it. We have now begun to see the world through a jaded glass. The same world that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for and sent you and I to. But we have now, because we have taken on this victim spirit, because a mentality is just a mentality. Mentalities can kind of change, right? You can talk about it enough. You can see somebody else's opinion on it, and they can kind of work itself out. But the mentality becomes a spirit when it becomes an empire, when everything that we do or anything that anybody does towards us, or actually not towards us, because we perceive it's towards us, but in reality it's not, it becomes a spirit when it becomes an empire, when all of our worldview, of our view on relationships, when our view of uh, our president, our view of the country, our view of how other people operate or don't operate, our view of whether they text you back right or not. Oh man, like I messaged Matt like three hours ago and he hasn't gotten back to me. He must be angry about whatever I just said. No, it could be that I'm working. <laughs> or I'm doing something, or I'm with somebody who has some real problems going on at the moment, but you're sitting there on the other line of the iPhone going, why isn't he texting me back? He doesn't like me. He doesn't have time for me. No, 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 I'm just with somebody whose marriage is falling apart right now. Victim mentality. Friends, I got to tell you, if I can be honest with you, can I be honest tonight? Jesus Christ did not pay that price on that cross that day at Calvary for you and I to try and walk into our future while being a prisoner to our past. It was never his goal for us to be hurt, to have something come to our home that we didn't ask for, to experience the negativity of these things in this world, and to us to leave ourselves there. His goal, again, between the foundations of the earth. He didn't speak you up, dream you up. He didn't conjure you up in his mind full well knowing that there would be things that you and I would experience, that you and I would go through. It was never his goal for us to remain in that moment. But for so many of us, whether it's because we didn't talk about it or because our world condones it, our world encourages it, I think therapy is great. 
if you're a person here tonight and you think, I need a therapist, I need somebody to talk to like that, I need a counselor more than a pastor, more than somebody that can meet up with me once in a month or whatever it is, I need that consistency in my life, I want to encourage you to do that. Find somebody who's a Christian. Find somebody who loves Jesus and actually understands that humans and Christians aren't just wrapped up nice in a bow, but it's because that we know that we're broken, that we need a Savior. Get somebody that's going to have grace for you, but get in that conversation. Some of us are living in chains that God has called us free from from a long time ago. But it's because that foothold, because of what took place in our lives where the enemy barged his way in, made his way through our door, and then when we try to recover from what happened to us, he stuck his foot in it and said, no, 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 you're mine. Jesus Christ is not okay with that. God is not okay with that. The Holy Spirit is not okay with that. He has called you his. He has called you, called you a son. He has called you a daughter. And he is not okay with this empire taking up residency in your life. So here we are in John 16, right? Jesus is telling the disciples, he's he got his boys around him, Mary's there, all the crew is around him. John 16, 30. And he's sitting here going, this is what's going to happen. He says that word, he says, what do you say right there? because it's not going to be on the big screen. I have said these things to you. He repeats that three times in this whole piece of scripture in, in John 16. He said, I have said these things to you so that. So he has his boys around. He's got the Marys around. He's got everybody around, all his followers at the time, not just his disciples. He's got everybody around. And he's like, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to go. And when I do, everything's going to change. And we're sitting here, you know, as the disciples, they're like, yeah, awesome. You're the Messiah. You fulfilled all the prophecies. You're the guy. You're the G. You're the G-O-G. We knew you were coming. He's going to go and do it. Yeah, we get it. It's going to be brutal, Jesus. We're sorry about that. I know Peter's like, my bad, didn't mean to say that three times. Like, you know, but we're rejoicing because everything's going to change. And then suddenly Jesus says something kind of weird where he says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. But then he follows it up by saying, so that you can take heart because in this world, in this life, you will have troubles and tribulation. And we're like, whoa. You know, Peter's just kind of dumb and he's like, yo, no, no, take that back. You said everything was going to change, Jesus. You said everything was going to change. And then you go, you go to a cross, we have absolution, we're going to have freedom. You're going to fulfill all the prophecies on the cross. Man, we're going to have salvation. And now you're telling me in this life, I will still have trials and tribulations after that? And Jesus is like, yeah. Boys, I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to change everything. But the world, it's going to keep spinning. The sun's still going to set. The moon's still going to come out. Humans are still going to have crime and war and famine. There's still going to be epidemics in this world, one of which I would call the epidemic of being a victim. Because it's no longer just a mindset. This thing is a plague. Because when it's a plague, nobody's set free from it. In fact, your victim mentality, your victim spirit begins to leech on to other people because they see how you're living, how you're walking, how everything's a problem against you. And guess what? It absolves them of all responsibility. So they end up taking it on themselves. So Jesus tells his boys, and he's like, man, the world's going to keep going. But I'm going to go to the cross so that you may have peace. And Peter's like, yo, <laughs> you just got done saying everything's going to change. You just got done saying everything is going to change. And now you're telling me that I'm going to have peace, that I'm going to be able to take heart? What does it even mean, Jesus? And Jesus is like, you can take heart. You can have peace. You have the right to this because I, I have overcome the world. I've overcome your world. Not just the world at large that keeps on spinning where hurricanes keep coming, where humans keep taking each other out because of brokenness and fracturedness. No, no, no. I've overcome this world and I've made the opportunity there for you to come home and have absolution and freedom and liberation in me. But I've overcome your world. You know that little world that you have, that you live in, that you don't think anybody else cares about because you're a victim? I've overcome your world. 
however insignificant you may think it is. It was a big deal to me. It was a big deal to me. I left heaven, came down here 33 years as a man faced with every single spiritual temptation that there is. And by the way, when I go to that cross, everything you felt, every pain you've ever experienced, every sin you've ever committed or was committed against you, I'm going to feel the shame of it. I'm going to feel the weight of it. I'm going to feel the pain of it. And I'm going to go to that cross because I've overcome your world. And it sounds a lot like Christians in 2018 when we get saved, right? It does. It does. Hear me on this because you know what? I was young once. <laughs> Funny. I was 16 years old when I met Jesus. The night before, my dad had just gotten beating me. And my sister throwing me through a glass sliding door. This was my reality. Grew up in a drug using, alcoholic abusing, physically abusive, mentally abusive home. And the next day, I still go to school. I had the option not to. I still go to school. And this kid badgers me for like eight hours. There were blocks. Nobody has blocks anymore, but we had like eight blocks in a day. See? No reaction because nobody has a clue what a block is. Block systems, man. Sucked. And I go to church that night with him for the first time I've ever gone to church. And like, I'm at least on my own, like, <laughs> admission. And I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The guy who's preaching the youth pastor at the time, he goes, I can introduce you to a father who will never treat you the way your will or yours has. And I was like, yeah, that's me. He has no clue, right, that I just went through this last night, the hell that I experienced last night, the abuse that I experienced last night. All I was trying to do was save my sister. But I'm here, bloodied up, stitches on my forehead. That's for me. And I thought that night that everything was going to change because I had salvation. But you know what happened when I got home that night? No, I wasn't beat. I wasn't thrown through another glass sliding door. Nothing like that happened. But I came home to a drunk father who still forced me to take his boots off him. You see, the disciples, when Jesus is saying this, they're like, you're going to the cross, man. You're going to change everything. And Jesus follows it up with the same thing that happened to me. No, 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 you don't understand. The world's going to keep on turning. Bad things are still going to happen. Craziness will still happen. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus, what are you saying? You're saying that all these things are going to continue to go on, all this pain, all this stuff, all these things that I've experienced are still going to happen? That somebody can still do that to me? That someone can still come into my home? I thought you said everything was going to change. Jesus said everything did change. You now have the ability in the midst of your storm to have peace. And the moments where something is happening to you that you did not ask for, that you would not pray for, that was never on your lips or your intentions to experience in this life, you couldn't have purposed this, this heinous act, whatever it is that's happened to you that's come to your home? Jesus is saying, yeah, trials and tribulations are still going to come, but I've told you all of this. I told you that the world is going to keep going, that things are still going to be hard, that, that life is going to happen, that the church is going to be persecuted. I've told you these things. So you may have peace. And here I am as Matt going like, no, I came home and I just gave my life to God and I said the prayer and you know what? I'm, I'm tithing faithfully and I'm coming to church when it's convenient for me. America. But I'm here and I gave my life to Jesus and I thought everything was going to change. I thought my debt was going to be cleared. Literally. I thought my marriage was going to get back together like this. I thought she was going to come home like this. I thought my dad was going to stop beating me like this. Jesus, you said that you were going to the cross and you were going to change everything. But I got off that moment with you of coming home and I came back to my actual home and I came back to my actual life and I came down from cloud nine and my experience is still my experience. My life is still my life and I'm still here. Has anybody ever been there before? My hand's up. I just told you about part of my story. Anybody ever experienced that? You thought everything was going to change with Jesus. And Jesus is saying to these disciples, and he's saying it to you and to me. It's just because something happens to you doesn't mean that it has to rule over you. I'm going to say that one more time. 
And I want you to write that down. Just because something happens to you does not give it the right any longer because of what I did on the cross for it to rule over you. You have a way out. You've always had a way out. His name is Jesus, and that doesn't mean that pain and things aren't going to still come to your home, but it does mean that you have a praise, that you have a weapon, that you have a way that we sang tonight, that faith is still the victory because trials and tribulations of many kinds are still going to come to Christians, to Jesus' followers. But I have come so that you can withstand the storm, so that you can stay standing. But Matt, what does this have to do with being a victim? What does it have to do with the things that have happened to me, Matt? You don't understand what happened to me six months ago. You don't know the pain that I've been in, the depths that I've gone to, how low that I've gotten in my life. You don't understand what was taken from me. You're right. I don't know what was taken from you. I can't begin to fathom what was taken from you. I can't begin to grasp the experiences that each and every single one of us in this room have had tonight. But I am more convinced of anything that in the moments where you thought you were the lowest and furthest from God, before you even knew he was there, he was there. He has never left you. He has never forsake you. He has been pursuing you your entire life. And in those moments, he has protected you whether you know it or not. He has waged war on the other side of things whether you know it or not. He has been coming after you this entire time saying there's a better way. There is freedom. You don't have to spend the next 15 years in the shadow of what just happened to you. You do not have to remain a prisoner to your past while you are trying to walk into your future. This is our God. Friends, tonight, I don't know where we're at on time. We're out of time. Worship team, you can make your way up this way. I don't, I don't claim to know the walk that you've been through, the hell that you've felt on earth, the experiences you've had, and the things that have brought you to this place. But Jesus Christ, he does. He's been there the entire time. Freedom, actual, tangible freedom is available to us. This empire in the kingdom of God, it has to fall or you have to leave the kingdom. Wow. That's actually a really good news statement, friends. Because our Bible tells us no, nor death, no life, no power of darkness or principalities of another world, nothing can separate you from the love of God. So that empire must fall because he's not letting you out of his kingdom. Friends, tonight, a lot of us have been in a season of being a victim, of having a victim mentality. We have allowed what has taken place in our lives, what has happened to us, the horrors that we've experienced, the things that have gone on in our lives. We have allowed that to begin to shape and to skew and to change how we see God how we see his word, how we see his truth. We've taken the facts of being a victim and we've allowed it to outweigh the promises of God. And friends, that's simply no way to live, not as a child of a daughter of a God, not as a child or a son of Jesus. He has come to bring you absolute freedom, absolutely. For some of us, we've been in a victim season, but tonight God is saying, this is your surrender season. Some of us tonight, we have said, God, we're here. But man, I have read your word a thousand times, and I can't read it. I know it's written in red, but all I see it through is what happened to me. God is saying to you and to me, that peace that's available to you, that heart that you can take, that thing, that promise that he has overcome your world and the world and your oppressor's world. 
that's available to you, but just like last week, all empires must be submitted to him first. This must be laid down. Forgiveness must be had. And I'm going to tell you this tonight, and this is so hard, because I understand. As an abuse victim myself, probably not the same ways you've experienced, and I don't claim to have been there, but as a fellow human being that at one point in time, life and innocence and other things have been taken from me, pushed upon me, oppressed over me, ripped away from me before I ever had a chance to experience any other life outside of it. We got to submit this thing to God. Because we can't go on believing we're a victim when God has clearly called us victors. When he has clearly defined victory, claimed victory, waving the banner of victory over our lives. And he's saying, if you would just give it to me. I mean, I go to church. I said that prayer. I lifted my hands and I said, Matt, from this moment forward, my life is yours, Jesus. And Jesus is saying, yeah, but it's your past. From this moment forward, you can have my life. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. That's good news. I love that. I love hearing that. But I want your past. I want what he did to you. I want what she said to you. I want what your father spoke over you. I want the lies that have been put in your heart and you believing them for years. You're not a victim. Something happened to you, but I was there. You shed a tear and I shed a lot more. I am fighting for this more than you are. I just need you to surrender it to me tonight. Because that freedom, that peace, it's in me. It's not in you living in the shadow of what was done to you. It's not you living in the oppression of what they did to you. It's not you living with the memories of what they did to you. Memories may never get out of your head. The things you've experienced in this life, the hurt, the troubles, what was taken from you may never leave you. But they don't have to define you. They don't have to rule you. They don't have to reign over your life. They are not Lord. Because when your view of everything that I've created is jaded because of what happened to you, man, that's an empire. That is Lord over your life. Because it's affected every single way that you operate, every action or inaction that you take, every move that you make, every step that you have going forward is ultimately leading you backwards because you can't escape the cycle of abuse. But Jesus is saying is, I have escaped it. I've ruled over it. I've put it to bed in hell. But you've got to submit it to me. You've got to hand it over tonight. Victim season is canceled. Surrender season is on. It is open season on what the devil has done to you. This is our God. If I could get everybody to stand up with me and bow their heads and close their eyes. I want to give a call to action right now. It's a really corny way of saying that. I want to give you a moment to respond to the word that was just spoken, the atmosphere that is in this room right now. I believe there is freedom falling in this room right now. It is yours to soak up. It is yours to take hold of. It is yours to run with. Because some of us have been living with this victim spirit. Where God is saying, I can take the years that was stolen from you and I can redeem it. I can redeem your past. I can give you a platform to speak from, from your past. We can make a message out of your mess. Whatever you've gone through, you got to first surrender it to me. And I am the literal God that says, I make beauty from ashes. Whether it's in the forest fires in California right now or the wildfires that are going on in your life, I am still the God that makes beauty out of ashes. So if you're in this place tonight, i got a few questions I want to ask you. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, nobody's looking around, nobody's talking, nobody's judging, this is your moment. If you're in this place and you have been a victim and you've been living 
with being a victim. And being a victim has defined you more than anything else in your life, more than who you are, more than your name, more than what Jesus has said about you. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? So I know who I'm about to pray over. Yeah, I see those hands. I see that hand. I've been waiting for that hand to come up all night. I see that hand. I see that hand. Any other hands? Amazing. You can put those hands right back down. One thing I want to pray for real quick before we go on to question number two is this. If you just raise that hand to walk in total, absolute freedom that Jesus Christ has supplied for you. We must not only submit it to Him because part of the thing when we submit it to Him is we begin to live His way. And His way is forgiveness. And this might be hard for you. This might seem impossible for you. But know that while you are still a long way off, our Bible says God ran to you and He died for you and He covered you with Himself. He forgave you at your lowest. And he is asking you right now if you really want to walk in total absolution and freedom and liberation right now to forgive the person who victimized you. I want to lead us in a prayer right now. Make these words your own. But we're going to put that to rest. We're going to surrender it to Jesus. And we are going to forgive. And we are going to walk in freedom right now. Jesus, we just say, God, we have this moment in time that happened. We have this person's name in our eye. We are feeling this right now. And we lay this down at your feet, Jesus. Just as you have come and covered us. You made a way to us, God. And you made a way for us to forgive. Nobody else in this room knows what I've gone through. Nobody else in this room has been there to physically experience the things that I've gone through. But you, Jesus, you were. You were there. I believe that you were there. And if you can forgive them, and if you can forgive me, then I can forgive them too. Right here, it's put to bed and put to rest. Forgiveness is had from this moment forward. In Jesus' mighty name, we said it. And then if you're in this place and you didn't know there was a God who wanted to give you peace, that wanted to be the calm in your storm, not just before your storm, but he wants to be the calm in your storm and after your storm. He wants to be the peace in the midst of all of it. If you, have, if you just thought he was this God who was far off, judging you, laughing at you, poking fun at you, arranging things not to go well in your life. No, no, no. That's the devil. He has already lost. And God is saying right here, right now, daughter, son, I want your life. Because when you give it to me, I'm going to give you freedom. And we're going to move forward into the future together. We're going to leave our past behind. And we're going to move forward into the future. So if that's you, nobody's looking around. Would you just shoot your hand up if you want to submit your life right now to Jesus Christ? I see that hand. I see those hands. Amazing. Anybody else? Awesome. Would you just repeat these words after me? We do this so you're, you're not alone in this. You know that there's a family surrounding you. There are people around you that are going to war on the side of supernatural for you. They're going to be there for you in the natural so we don't let you do this alone. We will all lift this up together. But especially those of you that just lifted your hands to give your life back to Jesus. We say, Jesus, take my life, all of my life, my past, my present, my future. Jesus, I am holding nothing back from this moment forward. I give you my complete and absolute life. And I will build my life on the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for wanting me. And thank you for dying to have me.
In Jesus' mighty name, a church said amen. Let's make some noise. We're going to sing this song, Cornerstone, real quick. If that was you tonight, this is a song that really just says, nothing else I build my life on. And Christ alone, the cornerstone. If you know what a cornerstone is, is any building structure such as this, any amazing Empire State Building, no pun intended. If any great structure ever built, it all starts with this thing that they call the cornerstone. Anything great that is ever to be built has to first be established on a cornerstone. And for you and for me as Jesus followers, how many of you know there's nothing greater than Jesus Christ, Christ alone, our cornerstone? So let's start tonight on the right foot being victors and not victims and build this victory life on Christ alone, the cornerstone worship team. Would you begin to lead us in this song? So before um, before I walked up here tonight to start leading, I received an invitation from the Lord and he's, he reached out his hand and he said, come close. And I said, yes. And I found myself just so out of breath, not because I was singing, but because I was just so overwhelmed by how close he really is. And he is so close. I felt like I was just breathing in his very presence. And you know, it makes so much sense because the Bible says that he's closer than our very breath. So we're gonna sing this next song, but the Lord wants to do something because that invitation that I received, it's not just for me. That invitation is for you too. That invitation is right now. But the question is, are you gonna say yes? Because maybe you sat here and you listened to Matt just preach about some heavy things and you maybe identified some empires that you have in your life, but that invitation still stands. Was giving to me just over and over, I heard it over and over, was restoration. Restoration. So the Lord wants to restore th some things tonight. So say yes and let yourself be so close, closer than you've ever been. Just breathe in his presence and exhale all of your fear. Breathe in his presence and exhale that anxiety. Breathe in his presence and exhale the depression. Breathe in his presence and exhale the hurt and the pain caused by what somebody else has done to you because it doesn't belong there. Let the Lord restore that. And then maybe after singing this song, we can go back and sing Faith is the Victory again just to declare that victory that the Lord has over those empires because they will no longer be there.